Hello and welcome everyone back to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, July the 28th. My name is Chris. I am one of your hosts and I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel. That's right. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Uh, you, you know when you like eat and then you get super tired and then you have to do a podcast? That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> okay, so every tired. time we record. I'm trying to give the energy up, but like I, I'm like, I want to take a nap to be honest right now. <laughs> You overate? Yeah, we got like a pollo loco, right? And mm, that yeah. makes you want to take a nap like right away. Yeah, that stuff is good. I don't know why we don't get that more often. Yeah, I, we were looking for this one side there. It was like the crushed up corn. We called it maize. We couldn't find it. They didn't have it yeah. anymore. Bummer. Yeah, it was lost in the maze. <laughs> okay. The corn maze. I'm sure that joke's <laughs> been done forever, but okay. <laughs> you know what you do if you don't want to overeat, right? Is you get like this entire face head mask thing. It's almost like a nylon stocking almost what but it you, fits your face right okay what are you talking about that way you can't put food in your mouth because it covers your entire face you can still see and we could kind of see your face right but okay. you can't put food in your face and then you wear this big red puff jacket red oh. pants get, <laughs> and then I white sneakers yeah and you just vibe out in front of a whole stadium to your own music you're talking about our, our uh, both our heroes uh, Kanye West he's not the hero we want but he's the hero we need right now <laughs> Uh, I hope he's doing well. I mean, he's releasing an album, and him and Kim seem to be okay with each other. I mean, when I thought the album was going to be released already. Yeah, right. I was waiting all weekend for this. He does this every time. It'll be a. It's going to be like three months from now. So he did a listening party at the Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Yeah. On I think this is like Thursday, Thursday last week, so a week ago. And I heard he hasn't left the stadium since because no. he wants to finish it there. That's, I heard he's still there. That's idiotic. That's no, because then they so had dumb. like a game over the weekend and he was still there. We could have just gone back, right? Uh, no, I heard he's living there. Like they got a place for him to live in there. It's a big stadium. They could. They are having the game around him like he's in the middle of the court. <laughs> he's just running around during the game listening to his music. He's an honorary team member. <laughs> he's the hype man. <laughs> Uh, I want this album to come out already. I want to hear it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm a Kanye fan. His music, at least. But uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know if I'm into his clothes. Uh, well, I can't afford it, so I wouldn't know. I can only afford the knockoffs. <laughs> I actually have his like fake Yeezy Foam Runner knockoffs from China. They're not comfortable. You, you bought it like a week before the Walmart stopped selling them. Yeah. I think they, they straight up got sued by Kanye, literally. <laughs> they, they look identical. <laughs> They're not comfortable. I don't know if his are, so... <laughs> I, oh, I'll never gosh. know. My feet it are not like rich enough. Looks like you're wearing like a pretzel or something. Absolutely. I feel like I'm Ivan News. <laughs> All right. You want to explain to the listeners uh, what else we talk about? Here on the pod, we'll split up into three bits. First up, we'll talk about comic book news in the beginning. In the middle, we'll talk about a great comic book. This time, we're going to be doing a miniseries on Taskmaster and uh, see if they actually, actually get it right this time around. And then at the end, we'll finish with our side stories where we talk about what we've been watching and reading uh, all week long. All right. Uh, well, if Kanye is not going to release an album, at least let's talk about the comic book news. <laughs> A while back, we were talking about HBO Max and how they were going to make a Batgirl movie. Oh. And they had, they had hired um, the directors to do the movie. And it was the directors that did uh, the most recent Bad Boys movie. Yeah. Bad Boys for Life, the third one. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I didn't like that movie. So I'm worried about Batgirl. Mm, okay. Well, they recently cast the role of Barbara Gordon, the titular Batgirl. And... Uh, 
I don't know. I still I I don't know this actress either. Her name is Leslie Grace. I still have low expectations for this movie. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um. So she was recently in a movie in the Heights, which was that I think musical mm-hmm. movie that they turned to movie. Um. The Lin Manuel Miranda play. Yeah. Um. So they're going Latina for Batgirl. So it seems like they're they're uh race bending that along with like like Supergirl, right? So sure. Yeah. They're going I'm for something. totally fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. All about that but i looked at i think i looked at her wikipedia page that's the only other movie she has like credit for well she must be great then (laughs) she's won a lot of musical awards i think she's a great singer uh like a latin music singer she's won and been nominated for a bunch but like film like this is batgirl that's you want a singer to do it Uh, okay okay is batgirl gonna be a musical is the question maybe they're going somewhere way off course with this all right i'm back i love it (laughs) That girl, the musical. I mean, Spider Man yes, okay. has a musical, has a play, right? Mm-hmm. Why not? Back Nothing girl? went wrong. Nothing went wrong with that one. Uh, are you excited for this movie? Uh, I honestly forgot it was happening, so I, I don't know if I, I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know if we. That girl is pretty cool. Is she a character that uh, a lot of girls look up to? I don't know. I think she has some good comics out there, though. So I think there's yeah there's something to draw from as far as the source property. Um, yeah, my first real introduction to Batgirl was from the Adam West show. Okay, I don't think they're going with that as the source material. No, but what I really liked about Batgirl in that show was she was yes she was like under the bat family but she was her own independent hero oh cool she did not live in the mansion she did not use the bat cave she did not have the resources that bruce wayne has so she lived on her own like in an apartment and she had like a motorcycle and that was it and then she had a bat she made her own bat girl costume all right so she she's got her own skills to get up her own her own skills does she she doesn't get to use the fire pole what is it called the is that no. is that that's just batman and robin Batgirl mm-hmm. girl's not allowed <laughs> no, this poll is for guys only. <laughs> Find your own poll. Find your own. <laughs> but yeah, in, in a way, like that was ahead of its time because it's like, I don't know. I was going to say like she was independent and she didn't need Bruce Wayne's help and all this stuff. But also maybe it was the other way around. We're like, we don't want you. In our You're mansion. not allowed. It was the 60s, <laughs> no girls right? When that came out, I don't think they were being progressive. Okay. Maybe not. <laughs> But that's what I do like about Batgirl is she kind of just like doesn't need them. Like Robin kind of needs Bruce Wayne. He lives at his house, <laughs> eats his food. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a fair trade when he's like, he's got a house, roof over his house, over his, his head, right? Um, mm. But Batgirl, what makes her unique is that she is not at all his daughter, right? He, she's no. raised by a commissioner and learns like the detective skills from from Commissioner Gordon too. So there's, right. there's something unique there. So I think even in the comics, like the newer ones, like she has to like fight crime with like a lower budget. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. She she doesn't get the uh, the Wayne fund, right? Yeah. So I think that could be pretty cool, actually. Like I think that would be a, a nice take on the character. Like in the comics, she's like they made her younger too. I think in the new iteration, so okay. she's like I remember the covers. She's like taking selfies while she's wearing the Batgirl costume and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. From that, from a couple years back, um, when she wasn't like a Oracle yet. Okay, yeah. So uh, I hope they go that route with Batgirl. 
Girl, kind of like a more fun movie, maybe in the vein of Birds of Prey, the I, movie. Okay, all right. And maybe um, they combine those movies somehow. They cross over in a future event. Yeah, isn't the Birds of Prey writer like connected to this somehow? Oh, is it the same writer? Something like that. So there's so- something where the Birds of Prey people are connected to it. Uh, Christina Hodson. So I think she she scripted both. So she's on that too. Um, cool. So it'll have the same feel. Do you feel like there's too much Bat family stuff? I mean, we're getting... It's obviously the moneymaker. We're getting the Matt Reeves Batman. We're getting this Batgirl. I mean, Batman is taking over Teen Titan, the, the Titans TV show. Seems like for season yeah. three, and there's they're talking about making a, a Nightwing movie. Yeah. Um. If not, then then who? What character do you want? I guess the like. Uh. Are we getting a Green Lantern movie already? Is that official? We're getting the. I think we're getting a show, show and the movie. Yeah. Okay. So what more do you want? I don't know. Like uh, we get Wonder Woman. I guess it just seems like everything's Batman right now. They're getting a, a Gotham PD TV show too. Yeah, I mean that it's the best property they have. Like literally, I think in WB, not just in co- in DC Comics, Batman is the best character that W Warner oh, Brothers has. All of Warner Brothers, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's probably true. Okay, I'm just wondering if Batman it's like him is him or, or Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, okay. Batman's just like bringing his whole family into the fold, like making you get a property, you get a property, you get a move. And are, I I don't think they're connected. Like, is this Batgirl? Is she the daughter of? like Jeffrey Wright's Gordon in the new Batman? Do you think that can oh, be connected? Possibly. Or, or not at all? I don't know. I could see her being the daughter of, of uh, Jeffrey Wright. That could work out. But also, Batgirl is supposed to be a protege of Batman. And Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. doesn't seem that much older than her. Yeah. If we're going the animated route of how they did um, Killing Joke in the animated film. That's not. Do you remember what Batman does to Batgirl? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. That is dead ready. That storyline nicks that. You guys really ruined it. What are you thinking? All right. Well, um, this comes out HBO Max. HBO Max, I think their subscription service is getting better and better. Uh, I'm liking it more and more. And um, it's definitely becoming like a must-have subscription service now, especially with like all these straight-to-streaming movies that they're that they're putting out in theaters, but also straight-to HBO. Like, it's, it's making it worth it, at least. Yeah. Like we said about Disney Plus and how you kind of have to have that to be an MCU fan. Mm-hmm. The same is going on with DC stuff and Warner Brothers. Uh, yeah. I I can see why like Netflix is climbing for a, a comics through line and about the Miller stuff. But I wonder, I guess if you're a streaming property, do you need to a uh, company? Do you need to have a comic books line now? I think so. Even if you're just audio streaming. <laughs> You think so? <laughs> yeah, because uh, is it Audible that's Amazon's company? That's right. Audible has a new uh, continuation of the Sandman audiobook going on. Act two, uh, they're returning some actors for their roles, but a brand new faces on the uh, the act two also. So act one, you listened to it, right? It was awesome. You really liked it? Yes. So are you excited? Uh, obviously, you're excited for this sequel. Absolutely. I think uh, I kind of don't remember this one because I've read the first trade so much like I kept reading it over and over like I'll read it every once in a while because I want to jump into Sandman so I have that memorized but um, the dollhouse uh, trade I'm not super as familiar with but I am excited about it as we get into like more of the other endless okay so that's what this like I guess act is going to be about yeah like the endless start throughout the whole story Mm -hmm. Um, but those uh, castings are the ones I'm really excited about Jeffrey Wright like we just mentioned turns out he's going to be destiny which is again one of the endless we have uh 
Kristen Shaw, she's going to be playing Delirium, which is kind of like this, almost like a drug head godlike mm-hmm. character, right? So Kristen mm-hmm. Shaw, do you know her? Like she's that one uh, comedian yeah. with a weird voice. So I think that's perfect casting. She's in a, she plays like the middle daughter in Bob's Burgers. Yeah, that's right. Perfect, perfect voice for Delirium, I think. <laughs> and then um, for Despair, I don't mean to be rude, but I think that's great casting. So <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, I don't mean to be rude, but that seems like great casting. Miriam McGoyles, uh, I bet she can do a good Despair voice. I really like um, Brian Cox's voice. He plays um, was it Logan Roy on Succession. Okay, yeah. The, or like, he plays uh, Agamemnon, Agamemnon in um, Troy. Right. And he played, um, he was in X2 as a striker. That's what I know him from. I mean, I've seen his face yeah. all over, but uh, he's got a powerful, booming voice. He's playing this yeah. character called Augustus. He's also in McDonald's commercials. Did you know that? What? Are you talking, <laughs> what, recent ones? He voices? Yeah, like recent ones. Like, you don't see his face, you just hear his voice. Are you sure? But I was like, I know that voice. It's Brian Cox. Yeah. And it's always like, um, it's whatever, like those kind of silly McDonald's commercials where it's like, um, you know, fries in the bag are up for everybody. Da, 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 da. No way. <laughs> He's like, mm, I'm loving it. I'm Brian Cox. <laughs> yeah, this is Brian Cox and go eat McDonald's. Uh, who else do we got? We, oh, we have some crown actors are joining in the bunch. Emma Corrin, who played Princess Diana in The Crown, is playing Tessaly. And then uh, Jonathan Lithgow, he was in The Crown for season one. Mm, yeah. He's uh, playing Emperor Joshua Norton. Now, James McAvoy is still playing Morpheus, right? Correct. Correct, Amundo. Was he like good in the, in the first act? I think, yeah, he was perfect. Perfect for that role. Uh, it's kind of like this, you know, this godlike character that is also kind of lost in this new world because he's been like mm. hidden away for so long. But uh, with his his British voice that he's using, it, it works out. He, he, um, and Kat Dennings did a good job too as, as playing Death as kind of like this innocent kind of Death character also. Mm. Yeah, I, I didn't listen to the first one. Honestly, I'm waiting for the show. Like the show looks very good and cast in that show is strong too. So um, I wonder how they'll compare the audio versus the actual live action show but uh yeah i i should listen to the the first act yeah you don't have to buy it anymore it's actually free um, oh sweet i'm definitely doing it now listen it for it free it's uh for a limited time take a look at that because they just want you to hype up for act two cool so definitely check out the first act of uh, audible's sandman series um switching over to i guess it's still dc yes that's right and back to hbo max because they are working so they're working on what uh the gotham show the peacekeeper show oh yeah They're doing batgirl movie and then remember we said a while back that tasha coach is writing like a black superman movie black superman yeah yeah totally. and it's supposed to be like with jj abrams production company now michael b jordan is uh, on board with his production company um outliner society right outlier society and they're, they're developing their own black superman movie so that's like a separate there's gonna be two black supermen so is that for sure with the uh J.J. Abrams. So with Michael B. Jordan's Black Superman, this character's name is Val Zod. Right. And it's like another Kryptonian. It's not uh, Kal-El Clark Kent. Right. Right. Who happens to be black. Right. And then yeah. with the J.J. Abrams Superman, there are talks that it's going to be still Kal-El, but be black character. Yeah. Right. They're, it's the same character. They're just race swapping him. Whereas this character is a totally separate character from the comics that is just a black Kryptonian. So he becomes another Superman in the comics. All right. So there's two. Okay, okay. Now, um, with the Val Zod character under Michael B. Jordan's company, is Michael B. Jordan 
set to play that role, or is it just? I think I mean, he was he was hesitant to jump on board for Kal-El, I think I believe. Right, but I mean, if you got Michael B. Jordan, I think you use him, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's his production company. Does he want to be the the character? It's up to him, right? Yeah, I think he could do a great job. Honestly, like Me too. I was watching Black Panther again the other day, I was like, I want to see a hero version of Killmonger. Like, what if? That's the wrong company. <laughs> you can't use well, that joke every story. <laughs> I'm going to use that joke until that season's over. What if, um, what if we get a season two? All right. I think it'd be great to see Michael B. Jordan as a as not like Clark Kent, so he doesn't have the backstory of Clark Kent. We could make give him a totally different backstory, but still, you know, have the powers of Superman and have the responsibilities of a Superman. The fact that Cal El is a loner, is the last of his race, is a big part mm-hmm. of his storyline. So. I don't want this yeah. to influence that at all or pamper that, but is this even in the same universe? We don't even know that, right? I mean, I think J.J. Abrams yeah. doesn't do well with baggage when he's making a story, so I, I don't want to hamper him yeah. with too much. I think we should keep it separate as if we had a say in it and uh, right. have the, us in the writer's room. Not have them cross paths. Yeah. Right. I'm sure they're listening. With us inside the outlier society office, we're in the, we're in the round table <laughs> talking it through. Um, yeah, this is going to be on HBO Max again. Um, seems like Warner Brothers is really pushing their streaming service. Like, they're rather make stuff like this and put it on the streaming and, and like have HBO, like, I don't know, pay the rights for it rather than put it in the theaters. Cause like, I think they also made a new deal where like it's something like 20 of their movies are going to be on HBO Max same day for 2022 also. Wow. I mean, the movie creators in 2021 hated the fact that they were doing that, right? Like most of them, at least. Right. Yeah. But, but they did it again. For 2022, it seems like creators want that, or do you think they want that? I mean, I think, of course, the b- best scenario is you could go to the theater and watch it in the best possible, like big screen, big sound venue. Right. But the situation right now is people can't do that. People are not willing to do that. Okay. So would you rather have nobody watch it or uh, very few people watch it? Or have as many people watch it as possible just at home where um, honestly like movies nowadays like when pandemic is over or whatever uh, I think most people will still rather just watch at home now because oh. that's what they're used to now. That's crazy. Okay. You have to be a big movie summer movie like especially if a movie comes out in like February I'm just going to stay at home. You know what I mean? <laughs> just knowing what the movie is. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it is so, like less of a risk too so, and then they can uh, branch off and it doesn't have to be a straight line super Superman movie. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be good. Michael B. Jordan, I don't think, makes bad stuff. Um, did you watch his last movie? It's also straight to stream. It was a Tom Clancy movie. I think it was like Without Remorse or something like that. I have not seen it. I know you've seen it. What do you think about yeah. it? It was a solid action movie. Oh, really? But um, yeah, I guess there's some story things I would have liked better, but it's still good. It was still worth watching. And that was straight to Amazon. So um, streaming services, I don't. I think that's the way to go now. Was there? Would you recommend it? To anybody? I'd recommend it to uh, people that like Tom Clancy movies. Okay. I haven't watched that many. <laughs> gotcha. So, HBO Max soon will have two Black Superman, uh, Hispanic Supergirl, and it looks like if rumors are true, they're going to lose their white Superman. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting kicked out. He's getting fired. He's getting uh, swooped up by another company. Oh, really? Rumors are swirling the internet that Henry Cavill had a secret meeting with Marvel execs in London. Oh, in London. Okay, so Henry Cavill, uh, he's out of the job now. He's he has nothing on his plate, right? Because he's not Superman. So Marvel's trying to swoop him up. What do you what do you think he can play? Do you think he is on board for an MCU movie? 
I think he would love to do an MCU movie. Just, I think like a lot of actors want to do MCU movies, right? Um, I, he's not playing Superman anytime soon, but he is busy. Like Witcher Two is in production, I think. Yes, well, um, I think it's and he's yeah. Oh, it's, it's post production probably. Already. I think it's already done, and they're just waiting to release it. Yeah, yeah. I think he's also doing a Highlander reboot. Do you know the movie Highlander? I know of it, and I like the idea. I've never seen it. It's like um, a guy that lives for really long, and there can only be one. Well, well, it's not a guy. I think it's like an alien race that they come oh. to Earth centuries ago. But it's like a handful of them. And yeah, they don't die. The only way to die is to be killed. Like, cut your head off. Yeah. And there can only be one. No, <laughs> I, I was right on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he's in, uh, the, if the rumors are true, he talked to Marvel execs and they want him to join the MCU. So there's a lot of things he could do. He could Could he be Captain Breton? Do you think he'd be a good... good- Rule for that. Captain Britain is I mean, kind of he, cool. He is kind of cool. And Henry Cavill is British. British in it. <laughs> What's all it is then? <laughs> what a uh, name. But is it... <laughs> Is it too on the nose? No, I mean, they have to get a British guy, and he's yoked out of his mind. He could play Captain Britain. I think Captain Britain is kind of buffer than Captain America. And um, people don't know, it's kind of more trippy than you think, because Alan Moore wrote a a pretty prominent Uh, line in that story. Yeah, but there's so many other characters that he could play. Like, um, I know they're filming Love and Thunder, Thor Love and Thunder. There's supposed to be a bunch of gods in that movie. Okay. So, like... An Ares or a Hercules, which is in Marvel Comics. They're characters in the Marvel Comics. That's not out of the question. They could sneak him into the next Thor movie. How do they have him? They're already in uh, the Wonder Woman comics. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Nothing in comics makes sense, but they're great. <laughs> Uh, I have a role I think would be great for him. Let's hear it. And I think it's something that he hasn't really been known for. And I would like to have him play a villain. And that villain was not great in the previous iterations. So let's make him great now and have him play Doctor Doom. Wow, Doctor Doom. Does he have that prominence as a doctor? Like he's had one somewhat villainous role in the Mission Impossible movie. Um, and he's kind of raspy yeah. voice in a Witcher. If that says anything, like some type of antagonizing yeah. figure. But why? Why, why Doctor Doom? Doctor Doom deserves to be like this big menacing villain, right? Um, he should be a villain for the entire Marvel hero slate, not just the Fantastic Four. So I think you need an actor that has a presence like that. And I think Henry Cavill does have that. When he goes into a room, he is fills up half the room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, when he's going to have the suit of armor on, he's not going to fit into any room. <laughs> I also think like because isn't Doctor Doom like his face messed up? Yes, that's okay. You're yeah, losing let's, most let's, of his moneymaker. Let's let's take him down a notch. He's already freaking yoked. Doesn't have to be super <laughs> handsome. Also, <laughs> they're gonna push his like push back that moment where he gets like all disfigured to like the end of the movie because they don't want him to to be in the suit of armor. Yeah, yeah, and they'll probably like remove that. They'll heal him right away. The next one too. Like, <laughs> come on. Well, does he strike you as but, super smart? Because Doctor Doom needs to be like brilliant and possibly smarter than Reed Richards. Uh, yeah, I guess. Like, I, I don't know. I want Henry Cavill to be in the MCU, but not just like a one movie thing. You know okay. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why I want him to be Doctor Doom. But maybe that role is too big for his. I don't know. What do you want him to be? I was considering maybe Wonder Man, but to be honest, I don't even know what that character is. He kind of looks like him. Just give him some red sunglasses. Okay, Wonder. Wonder Man's kind of a silly character, so. That'd be why it's funny. Superman, take him down a peg. (laughs) 
All right. Well, I hope these rumors are true. I hope we get to see Henry Cavill in the MCU. Whether or not he's playing a hero or a villain, still up to up to them to decide. I bet they don't even know what character he wants. They just they just know they want him in there, right? Sure. Um, so I don't. I wonder if this rumor will spark Warner Brothers to be like, we got to make a Superman sequel <laughs> right now. You be thinking they're gonna cut out the black Superman movie and just give it back to Henry Cavill after all of this? <laughs> No, they're just gonna Robert Downey Jr. Tropic Thunder him. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, we'll see if that happens or not. But uh, until then, guys, please don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast wherever you're listening to us. Just search Reader Copy in your podcast app and hit subscribe. Definitely, and find us on all our social medias at the Reader Copy Podcast is where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, that's it for the news. When we hop into the comic book this week, it is Taskmaster. Now, I don't know if people have watched Black Widow yet, so I don't want to spoil too much. But what I will say is that I don't know if Taskmaster was what I expected. Um, There are some deviations from the comic, and I'll leave it at that. But that led me to wonder, like, oh, I don't really know Taskmaster that well already. So I kind of want to know what makes him tick, right? So I explored some of the comics we had. And uh, I picked one here. It's called Taskmaster Unthinkable. And it's a short miniseries. It's a four-issue thing from Marvel, of course. Came out in 2010. I gave it a read and I, I kind of liked it. So I thought we should do it for the podcast. Have you read any story with Taskmaster involved in the past? I'm thinking it through. I don't think I've have, and I've only ever like learned about him from the Marvel versus Capcom game, and you just explain like yeah. what he is. I think that's it. Yeah, that's the only thing I've seen him in. And um, other than that, like I haven't seen him in any like cartoons or, or books that I've read in the yeah. past. Like I think he kind of like blew up from the video game. Like the more interest came about, and like he's even a villain in the Spider-Man game. Oh, is he? I don't remember that. He's like a side quest that you have to complete. Okay. Uh, on, on PS4, and uh, yeah, I think he's getting more popular. And now that he's the villain in Black Wids, I think uh, we might see him more in the comics. I was thinking, like, I don't know if I know his personality at all, and so I just know he has his skill set, which is kind of cool. If you uh-huh. don't know, what he can do is he has photographic reflexes where he can just copy whatever um, like skills, like action skills, his opponent has as he fights. Them. Yeah, so he fights a hero in the past. He can recall their moves later on. Yeah, and just like do it identically, identically as good too. You know, just as skilled. Yeah. It's a pretty, pretty awesome thing if you can collect all those. If you think about it, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. A bit about the book too. Our writer is Fred Van Lente. Um, I haven't seen his name too much around, but he's worked on a comic. It's called Action Philosophers. Never heard of that. I like the name Don't though. That. <laughs> like the name. Uh, he worked on Marvel Zombies 3 and 4. So that's, cool. that's kind of cool. I like those. Uh, he apparently created the new Power Man, a different uh, character of that name in Marvel. So that's pretty cool. Um, he also uh, was the script on a stage play called King Kirby. And that's a play about one of the legendary comic book creators, Jack Kirby. Oh, wow. Yeah. Never heard of that play, but uh, I want to check it out. No, I'm curious about it. That's pretty cool. Our artist today is, I believe it's pronounced Jefe Balo. Uh, uh, he's a Spanish artist. He's worked on a my couple. Name is Jeff. <laughs> I I that took me from my surprise. I I I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it right. Jeff. My, my name is Jeff. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> he's working on a couple of things. Uh, Doctor Voodoo, which, which I think is also a Marvel property. Thunderbolts. Uh, he worked on a Moon Knight, I believe. Like some some of his work has appeared on that. So that's pretty cool. I really like the artwork of this book. I liked it. Um, at certain points, when the action gets down, it feels all uh, a zipping around, and you know, it feels like mayhem mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. So another thing we get into this kind of this book specifically is there's this thing that Taskmaster kind of um, works under. And it's called the org, right? And right. the way it works is he kind of gets a, a phone call over the phone. And that's the organization that gives him the next next task, if you will, the next uh, objective for him to do, right? His next goal, his next mission. Right. And like what he's done in the past, because he's a villain, right? Yes. Is uh, all these evil organizations, he has been the trainer for all their henchmen. Right. Somebody's going to train these like hordes of people that hunt down your right. heroes. And he's the guy. He's the guy they hire, right? Makes so sense. Almost every every henchman in Marvel has been taught by Taskmaster at one point. So pretty, like, pretty cool. That's his job. Like when they have new recruits, they hire Taskmaster to train this batch of, of, of henchmen. And it's like every group, like not just one, but like like Hydra and AIM and all of them. They all have like he's like the I don't know roaming teacher for all of them. Right. He's like the it guy. He's the it uh, drill sergeant, if you will, for the, all the henchmen. Yeah, he teaches a master class about it. He has a TED Talk. Taskmaster class. <laughs> we see Taskmaster in his outfit, kind of classic white hood. Um, he's got a skull mask. That's kind of his signature thing. Uh, he's got his sword over his back and also uh, bow and arrow. So those are kind of his like his main tool set. And he's just having some uh, ramen in the middle of a Japanese uh, little restaurant in Tokyo. He, it looks like a Skeletor. It looks like Skeletor. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, a bunch of like goons kind of approach him when he's, he's just trying to eat ramen. Like he's minding his own business, but these guys want to mess with him. So what he does is he just recalls some of his moves of people that he's fought in the past to like stop these guys. And one of them is Electra, and he like slices a guy's fingers off, like using a move that Electra did before. Totally chops them off. I like what this book decides to do to like tell you he's copying an old move is overlaid on top of Taskmaster is a little panel and it shows the character that he is copying like right where his body is right you see Electra. And I think that's a pretty cool idea. And like we see that again as we see Captain America in form as he tosses his shield. He also has a shield over his back, kind of just like Captain America. And also this these uh rockabilly gangsters in uh Yakuza form, they kind of explain what's going on. The org has put a hit on Taskmaster. Very John Wick type thing. And the idea is the org realizes that Taskmaster has been working with Steve Rogers recently and he's turned to the good side. He's working for the good side. But this is just rumors, but the hit is on out on him. Yeah, they don't trust him anymore. If he's working with an Avenger, he must be like giving them their secrets. So they all want to take him out. So he jumps out the window while all the Yakuza's are like kind of knocked down. And when they run out the door to find him, his costume is like taken off. Like it's on the ground. So now he's in like civilian clothes. He kind of just drifts about um, in his civilian clothes, makes his way. And one thing interesting about this I didn't know about Tony Masters, Tax Master, is he actually has amnesia. He doesn't know his past. He just can't really remember anything 
he has his photographic memory where he can do all these skills, but he can't remember his own life. He's kind of a memento. Right. It's very memento <laughs> story. Uh, and that's kind of what this whole uh, miniseries is about, him remembering what's going on, right? Yeah. It's so weird that he has a photographic memory, yet can't remember his own like personal history. Right. No, no past that he can think of. So uh, his plan is to go to the places he remembers and treat that as kind of like little rooms in his brain house and like go to those rooms to try and draw back memories for himself, right? Right. Like uh, he's at this diner now. I think this is back now in America. Yeah. And the waitress is getting a little annoyed by him because he's played the same song on the jukebox over and over. And he's trying to do this to trigger like his memories. Like this will activate something. So he's just sitting there listening to the same song over and over. It's this dumb, ugly Beach Boys song he's playing over and over, but nothing is really uh, fine off in his head meanwhile again the org is still out on him and we see all the different villain organizations that are trying to hunt him down from from far away we see aim and they have like these satellite microphones to try and hear in on what he's talking about and they kind of reminisce about how they were trained by him in the past all these henchmen are like man he was kind of a brutal uh, teacher and like look at him now right. he's, he's the hit is out on him he's turned this is so weird uh we see another group this is hydra right and they're watching him and one guy has like a sniper rifle pointed at him and they're they're they know like if they take him out there's like a big bounty but the thing is they're all waiting for uh the time to like activate because i think the bounty doesn't go into effect for like five minutes so like everyone has their cross on him but they're just waiting for the time to 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 shoot because if they do it early they don't get anything now these uh, hydra guys are talking about their one friend that's like running late like another hydra employee that was just like in love with taskmaster in a way like saw him so much as like a mentor back in the past when they're training him but he's he's late like he's not even here to show up for the hit what's going on it's so weird that he's not around right and this uh waiter introduces herself her name is mercedes and she's kind of there's kind of this weird like back and forth between him her and uh and tony masters taskmaster and they're just like kind of hitting it off a bit she's got this specific like uh piercing on her on her lips she's kind of like a rocker girl but She's just a waitress trying to make, you know, ends meet here in this little town. I guess Tony really likes the soup that the chef has made. Uh-huh. Right? And it's, I guess it's helping his memory a little bit. So he's asking for the recipe. So she goes back to the kitchen to like, get that recipe written down. When she leaves, apparently one of the strangers in the diner unveils himself. And he's actually that other Hydra guy. He's unfolded out in a Hydra uniform with a gun pointed straight at Taskmaster. And this is him like confronting like his past mentor and he just like can't believe his mentor just switched sides, went to the good side apparently. And he tosses Taskmaster his own uniform, the whole get up with the skull mask and the white hood saying, you know, you should die in your own clothes looking like yourself. Right. He really feels like dis- disrespected. Like, mm-hmm. I looked up to you. You're like a brother to me. And like, <laughs> He switched sides and he's pointing the gun and he's like, it really like pains me um, that I have to do this. Because like if other guys catch you, they're going to like torture you and stuff. So out of respect, I'm just going to like kill you quickly because you mean so much to me as a teacher. And uh, he's like, I hope you at least remember teaching me. And then uh, Taskmaster is like, I don't, I don't know who you are. 
completely respectfully. He just doesn't remember anything. There's this quick, there's this quick little flashback in black and white of Taskmaster training him like below these like electric barbed wires, and the Hydra agent is like scared and kind of wants to give up. But Taskmaster says, you know, as long as you're in the game, don't forget, just keep going on, and that's all you really need is just keep going on. But again, Taskmaster doesn't remember him, and this like upsets the the Hydra guy even more. He's like, well, I guess it's gonna be easier to kill you if you don't remember me. And he's about to pull the trigger, but right when he is about to shoot him, the waitress comes out and like says, like, I got the recipe and distracts the Hydra guy. And this gives um, Taskmaster the chance to like take him out. He flings all those coins he was put into the jute box and mayhem ensues because all of the different agents of all these different villain organizations go into action. The, the, it's the, the time, the, the, the clock just rang and just hordes of these different henchmen of the different organizations jump in. They include the uh, Cyber Ninjas, the Black Choppers, Secret Empire, Trenchcoat Mafia, Legions of the Living Empire, Militiamen, and the Sons of the Serpent. Yeah, so definitely like it's like every group that has ever existed, right? Their henchmen are after uh, Taskmaster. It's like John Wick 3 now, right? Absolutely. They just all rush into the diner trying to kill him. He jumps into uniform right away with a skull mask. He jumps onto the counter. The whole restaurant, the diners, is filled with all these random-looking dudes with all these different costumes. And he's just, like, flinging around, taking their own weaponry and using it against them. His own sword, like, taking swipes left and right. I really like his dialogue here. I think it's, like, a little bit of, like, the jokiness of the book, too. Because he's like, all right, everyone, this is your final exam. (laughs) And it's like, it's pass-fail. And then uh, he's like killing everybody's like as he like cuts them down he's like fail 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 like it's really <laughs> funny and mercedes is stuck in the middle of this she just got that chicken recipe and she's just like uh, what's going on with all these maniacs and he's like uh well you know the thing is i taught them kung fu and now they're trying to use it against me you know that old story <laughs> I really like the action here. They have more of those overlays of like moves that he's using. Like, and he uses them like in like a combo too. Like, he jumps like Spider Man and then changes that into like a kick, like Shang Chi does. And it's just like all these cool action sequences. It's almost like all the heroes in one guy. Absolutely. Of course, he uses swordsman's sword techniques. He uses Hawkeye's arrow techniques to shoot these guys down. And they're kind of going down one by wit, one by one. By one. Um, he makes a way for Mercedes to get out of the diner. And he just takes a, a bomb in the middle of the diner. And it goes kabloom. He finds uh, a cell phone for one of the AIM guys. And he's checking it to, for messages to see how they like tracked him. But what he doesn't realize is that not only is he like a target, but because he was like talking to Mercedes, she is like a target now. And they have another group of henchmen have followed her to her apartment. These are these uh, little guys who are called the Inquisition. And they're dressed up in like a kind of medieval type of garb. And they're trying to figure out from Mercedes how the heck does she know Taskmaster. But they can't find a, a figure out a reason why. And Taskmaster just jumps into the window, knocks out all these guys. And sorry, Mercedes, you're you're in the loop now. It's not my say. You're kind of a target is on your back too. Have you seen the Tom Cruise movie Day and Night? Is that with uh, uh, Cameron Diaz? Cameron Diaz. Yeah. This, uh, uh, Same Hispanic idea. Hispanic actress Cameron Diaz. <laughs> uh, Latin star. In the movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
um i think it's almost like the same idea she gets like thrown into like this mission and he has to like protect her because they think she's involved somehow when really she was just like a bystander man okay this comic just started it all it's it's john wick copied this memento copied this day and night okay wow night is spelled with a k ah if you're curious (laughs) if you want to look it up okay so taskmaster mercedes have to go on the road because they're being hunted down they need to figure out how to get somewhere go back into uh, Taskmaster's other rooms of his brain. So he needs to go to these other locations to bring up all these memories and he's got to fly somewhere. So the best thing they can do is steal a private jet from a rapper and his entourage <laughs> and he's got them in the back like all bandaged up um, hostage because he needs that private jet, baby. Uh, meanwhile, Mercedes is like panicking, like trying to look for uh, navigation and actually how to land the freaking private jet because Taskmaster does not know how to fly really. He just needs to watch a 20 minute or like like two minute video to figure out how to land this thing but yeah. they're already flying they're in the air already so like even just watching a video he can like photo memorize that and just like do it absolutely just like on point every motion he knows how to do it and we get another black and white memory of uh, what it's like for taskmaster to get these uh kind of amniagic episodes right he just feels like he doesn't know what's going on he's in the middle of the city and he tries to talk to people and he can like smoosh it up like, oh, hi, hello. Even though he doesn't know the person at all. He can like right. function as a person. Like faking it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But he's just going by like feeling almost like, I feel like I should turn left here at the street or whatever. Intuition. Yeah. And it always seems to like work out that way. He always makes his way to some uh, phone and he calls up this specific number that's stuck in his head. He calls up the hub, which is his connection to the org, the organization, right? Right. And the hub, what that person does is explains um, what the next mission is, gives him the hotel number to where to find all of his uh, costume, even like how to get money out of the ATM, like all these these little tasks just to get him to do the next goal. And he just goes along with it because he's like, he doesn't know what else to do. It's this weird, he's in this weird flux moment in his head every time. So they've taken this plane now. They've landed. I think they go to like um, some like Central America, South America country. And something's like drawing him there. Like he just feels like he knows somebody there, but he doesn't remember who. And he meets up with like another like militia group there. And they all have like skull faces too, similar. Yeah. Uh, there is the main guy there, a mariachi looking guy, except he also has a skull mask. This is the Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> D-O-N yes. of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. He, um, he is apparently friendly with Taskmaster. He's like, oh, welcome, friend. Welcome to, to Mexico, I believe is where they're at. And um, welcome him in, in into the fold. And they, they kind of schmooze it up again. Like they act friendly and, and hug. And he's got this whole like band of people here in skull mask. Um, you know, another villain organization down here. Yeah. Now this Dawn of the Dead guy's like, oh, hello, my friend. You know, he's using this like uh, Latin accent throughout the whole thing. Some some Spanish here and there that I don't understand. He reminds me of a uh, he reminds me of the, the Elvis guy in Coco. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, the the the, <laughs> the mariachi guy. Totally. Yeah. And uh, Taskmaster's like wondering how do you fund this whole society down here, uh, and like Dawn of the Dead says, oh, you know, the DA trying to hamper down on us we have uh, our specific dealings down here don't worry about it my friend um <laughs> and his guards bring in one uh traitor in the whole bunch and the dawn of the dead is kind of remorseful he's like oh no because this is his guitarist in his band yeah but he is a traitor so he has to kill him 
And then he kills him. He's like, ah, no, I don't have a guitarist in my band. <sighs> Wonderful. Dang it. And so he kind of reminisces a bit again with Taskmaster. And they go up into this beautiful kind of, uh, you know, those like Mexican Latin America pyramids. They go up there and there's like these uh, incense burning and this skull. Um, the Saint of the Dead, the Lady of the Shadows, this kind of statue that's there that they kind of pray to, right? Um, it's kind of, a, I guess, kind of a symbolism similar with the Dawn of the Dead Mass and even Taskmaster, how they kind of yeah, uh, deal in skull. They work in the game of death, right? All of them. Yeah, they, all of them have the skull face. Right, exactly. But soon as Taskmaster turns his back, he realizes that Mercedes was taken captive by the guards. And the Dawn is like, sorry, buddy. Uh, you know, you're uh, you're worth a lot right now if I turn you in. So is she. Right. You know, we're friends. She's got a, a big <laughs> a price on her head. And, and he's pretty much saying like, no, don't kill her. She's with me. Please, like, we're friends. I'll do anything. Like, I'll literally do anything. Just don't kill her. I'll do anything. So Don's like, great. I want you to be the guitarist of my band. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so they put on a concert, like the whole audience is all these skull guys. They have trumpets playing, there's piano. Taskmaster is on the guitar as Don is singing it up. It's really funny because like their band is, they're all in like the mariachi, but they still wear like the skull mask and the whole audience is just his henchmen. It's his own people. It's not like a like random crowd. It's his own people. And he, I don't know. <laughs> it's funny like that. And then so Mercedes is in the corner. She's kind of a hostage right now while they put on this concert. But Mercedes has got skills of her own, apparently. She knocks out the guard with just like one uh, swipe to the neck. And he takes out his uh, his machine gun and shoots up all the other guards that were standing guard on her. Meanwhile, like Taskmaster, he's rocking out. Like he learned how to play this quickly. <laughs> yeah, he, he's got the skills for it. He can just learn it super fast. Mercedes steals this white school bus that she uh, she found in this little society and she rams it straight into the concert to break out Taskmaster. While there's like this mayhem, Taskmaster jumps and like grabs the side of the bus to make, make an escape. But uh, Dawn of the Dead jumps up on top of the bus and they have like this like Matrix style bus on top of like a truck fight thing that uh, you've seen in like a lot of movies. And he even says like a lot of your moves is like you, I've seen them in movies, right? Yeah. Like, you're just copying what you see on, on in film. You know, the Dawn has some swordsman skills of his own he sees all his skills they're old friends so he knows his moves you can see the the fencing aspect um even uh ronin somewhat he can see those moves in there but then taskmaster counters with don's own moves right he, he looks just like him yeah. the same exact form and is able to get the the hit on don and breaks off the don's skull mask this is the big reveal of who this character is uh the don how he's like connected to taskmaster and once he sees his face taskmaster is like in shock like oh my god i can't believe it you're white <laughs> he's not even like Hispanic or Latino he's like you're a white guy like why are you doing this fake accent pretending to be like this Don character can't believe it um but the Don is like, well, you know, it's just a costume. It's just something to move forward in life because I am ex-Shield and so are you. That's right. The um, hero organization, Shield, turns out Taskmaster was once a past employee of. So Taskmaster now has to like find another lead. He knows now that he used to work for Shield. So him and Mercedes, they're trying to like sneak onto like a ship, like a big like cargo ship. And he like runs off ahead to like take out the guard so that they can sneak on. But while he is like out of 
of her site, she gets a contact. Apparently, she too is in like cahoots with Nick Fury. Oh, wow. And uh, she's feeding intel to him. And somehow, Mercedes is all intertwined in this. Somehow, who knows what's going on? So, Taskmaster and Mercedes are tricking up this big hill in the Bolivian Andes. Um, Taskmaster says, I think I love you, uh, Mercedes. Saying like, you know, you know, you just totally get me. You you have all these, you're so welcoming. You understand that I'm, I might be even a good person. I'm not trying to be a bad person, right? And like, she's like kind of mad because they're like pulling this llama with all their stuff. And she's kind of like behind the llama, pushing the llama up. (laughs) And she's like frustrated. And she's like, I'm like the only woman you've talked to that's not like trying to kill you. So that's the only reason why you think you're in love with me. Yes. Um, Taskmaster's are like, well, you know, I have intuition about these things. Uh, what we have here, it's uh, it's totally messed up because what he's actually seeing is he sees this little village in the Andes in like this Southern American uh, little town is a German town, like one for one German town. And there's a gigantic Nazi symbol on the eagle statue yeah. in the middle. Like a, it's like a big fountain with a swastika in the middle. <laughs> it's yeah. like, where did this come from? This is so messed up. Here in Bolivia, like what's going on? And immediately uh, fire is rained down on them as like these gigantic machine guns try to shoot them down. Luckily, Taskmaster can use his um, dexterity from Captain America to, to get Mercedes out of the way. He uses some of the acrobatics of Drax the Destroyer to get in close to this one shooting him up and uh, punches out this guy that was shooting him up. It, and it looks like a guy in a Nazi uniform, but it's, again, a Southern American man, like a Latin man. This whole town is filled with these uh, Bolivians that believe that they're Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they've te- like almost like picked up out of Germany and just dropped into Bolivia. Like, like nothing is different from Germany. Like they are straight up Nazis there. Except yeah, we know they're not white. <laughs> Let's say that. Yeah. And it's not World War II time. <laughs> right. It's present day. So weird. Luckily, there's a, a one Nazi family that's okay with bringing him into the, the house to get him out of trouble, even though all these other townsfolk are trying to shoot him down. Mercedes like, this is messed up. There's like a little German hamlet in the middle of here. What's going on? Now, remember, all the agencies, the henchmen, the evil groups are after Taskmaster because they believe he's working with Steve Rogers, which he's not, right? But we do catch up with Steve Rogers as he meets with Nick Fury. At this point, Steve Rogers is not wearing the Captain America uniform. He's just kind of a shield uh, employee, like an agent, right? And he's also right. heading up the Secret Avengers team um, right. little crew. They don't do too much in this story, but this is the the timeline that we're in. Uh, he meets up with Nick Fury. They're at the diner now that got messed up earlier in the book, and that's just like all the henchmen are dead in there. <laughs> And he, Nick Fury is explaining to Steve Rogers like why this happened and who Taskmaster really is and why they need to find him. Fury explains that he is Tony Masters and he's ex-Shield. And um, this lady Mercedes is intertwined with him. So look out for her when you uh, get get in contact with Taskmaster. And um, apparently one of the uh, you know one of the people near Red Skull in the old Germany, right, in Nazi time, broke free um, and got into the Bolivian mountains and was experimenting there trying to formulate his own super soldier serum but the right. nazi version right 
And what he was doing was he was trying to make clones of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> so pretty crazy idea. He has vaults of like Adolf Hitler brain clones that he's trying to perfect, but this never works out. But it's just like a whole bunch of brains of the clones that he's trying to make. Uh, decades and decades pass by because they're just in like the this little basement in the in the town, and the brain juice from the brains leaks down into the sewer system of this this little village. And I guess it leaked into the waters of the people there. They're drinking up that water and they turn into little <laughs> Nazis. <laughs> yeah. They all have like the Hitler mustache. Uh, meanwhile, uh, up above in uh, this little uh, helicarrier, um, this is a villain one right now. All the henchmen organizations are teaming up now. All the, the AIM, the Hydra, the Trenchcoat Mafia. They're teaming up trying to hunt down Taskmaster because they know he's working with Steve Rogers. He must be. And one that's talking to them is hidden in the shadows. And this is actually the leader of Org, the big underground organization that no one's really heard of. And he's saying, like, it's time for me to, like, step out of the shadows so that we can finally kill Taskmaster, Tony Masters. And he reveals his name. And his name is Red Shirt, the Uber Henchman. <laughs> He's like dressed in all red. He had kind of has the uniform of M. Bison from Street Fighter. Right, yeah. Right, no hat, but he just looked like a like a German Uberman, right? He called himself Red Shirt, and one of the uh, the side henchmen kind of laughs it up like, oh, you're the Uber henchman? That's kind of like, you know, the Red Shirts from Star Trek, right? Like, I get the job. Yeah, they just die. <laughs> Um, but but Red Shirt's not laughing up. He he doesn't get the joke. The the this little uh, side guard like realizes, oh, you're gonna kill me right now, right? And the Red Shirt just slices his head off, right? This guy is brutal. Now Cap is still talking to Nick Fury, and Nick Fury is explaining why this whole town even exists. It's because that guy that was like close to Red Skull and making those clones, right? He was trying to make the a copy of the Super Soldier Serum, but what he made was like this other serum that could like unlock the maximum potential of a person's mind really uh, and and he made like this batch and we see tony masters there when he was working for shield like attack this base like there he was like the best shield agent they had at the time right he was already born with that photographic reflexes but yeah he saw this serum for this maximum potential and he couldn't resist he just in the midst of it injected it into himself and that that's what caused this kind of amnesiatic uh syndrome in him right it like backfired we see all tagging along with him is another other agent there but we don't get a good look at it until a little bit down we see it is actually mercedes and mercedes explains that she's actually tony master's wife yes this entire they're time in shield together they're in shield together and since he has left shield and become a villain she's kind of like followed him and left shield too like she's trying to like protect him in a way because he doesn't remember anything he's too skilled to like keep temper down so she just has to follow him keep make sure he's safe that's why she was like acting as a waitress earlier just to keep him safe. She's skilled in her own set though. She's a, she's a shield agent also. And we see uh, Steve Rogers break this down, who Mercedes is and how she's connected to Tony as um, he explains it on the this like little Quinjet that he's on. Along with him are some of the Avengers team at the moment, Moon Knight, Black Widow, Valkyrie, Ant-Man, and of course Steve Rogers is the lead, but he's just they just make an appearance, like a cameo, right? It's fun that they're there, but it's not really integral to this story. Well, they're saying like, we have to go to this the Andes in this Nazi town 
and stop them because all the henchmen, the org, is going to go attack there because they're trying to kill Taskmaster. So we have to save Tony Masters and Mercedes, his wife, right? So they're all headed there. But at this point, Tony has like kind of like a little bit of his memory back, like he kind of triggered just being there. Slowly, yeah. That he thinks Mercedes is like lying to him or something. Well, I mean, this whole time he realized that that Mercedes has been lying for sure. So he can't yeah. trust her. Like, how do I know all, what you're saying now is true, right? Right. Like, seem like you know more about me than you lead on. He doesn't remember her. He doesn't know that it's his wife. But he's like, there's something wrong about you that I don't remember. So I can't trust you. So he's like actually pointing a gun at her and like leading her down the path. And they make their way to this military manufacturing facility. They're building like, you know, high tech jets and, and tanks and missiles. And this is just another room in his brain, another facility that he's familiar with. And again, he's like throwing this gun around, pointing at Mercedes like, I still don't believe you. The alarm goes off. Right. And it means like they're under attack. All the org henchmen are there now. And he's still pointing the gun at Mercedes. And she's saying, like, you have to trust me. You can't defeat him alone. Like, you know, I know you don't remember, but just trust your instincts. Right. You know, give me a gun. We can work out this together. You know, he's looking for some type of proof. But uh, Mercedes just says, I don't know. I don't have anything. And actually, Tony believes her and tosses her a gun. And he's like, just run. Right. And then like in the big doorway comes all the henchmen. It's like hundreds of them. Right. All led by this red shirt guy for the, <laughs> the leader of the org. And they're all like have a tracker that's like trying to lead them to Taskmaster. And they're all gathered together. Like it should be here. He should be like right here. That's where the marker is beeping. And it's because he's like above them in the ceiling. Right. Of course, he's hiding away and he drops down. He uses some of his daredevil acrobatics and punches the guy straight in the face who's got the receiver. He uses his bow and arrow to shoot out his utility belt that was holding the tracker, shoots it out. We could see like all of these henchmen are laid down flat because they're easy work for him, right? There's still a couple still trying to track him down. And uh, some of them follow all the way to, to that utility belt. But Mercedes from behind takes an Uzi and just shoots out these guys and they go down flat. And they're just like, just kill him. They, they've, Taskmaster has pretty much killed everybody. It's now left with him and Red Shirt Guy. Yes. <laughs> and they're going toe-to-toe. He's never fought this guy before, so he doesn't know, like, his moves yet. So he's kind of, like, losing. But, like, him and Red Shirt Guy, like, they're, they're like, just slugging it out. Toe-for-toe. Red Shirt has got some skills of his own. He studied with the Shi'ar. And he's got, like, some bio-enhancements to make his bones lighter. He almost beats out Taskmaster, like... Uh, Tony's like down like taking a, a hit to the face but then Mercedes tries to climb from behind on Redshirt but she gets tossed to the side too and Redshirt guy's like none of the people you have studied can beat me like there's nothing you could use because I, I like you've never fought me I'm almost like a secret no one knows I exist right I'm the uber henchman <laughs> people don't know about me <laughs> So then Taskmaster is like, okay, not one of my like moves can beat you. How about all of them? And like he uses like almost everything he knows from all the fights he's had in the past. Like every character is like present in this in this one like punch that he does. Yeah, this all small collage of all the different characters that he's copying and he tosses them like like Chun Li like uses all of her all of his appendages <laughs> to, to to fight uh, red shirt and then he uses his own uh, red shirt kick to take down the uber henchman and uh, again each time he uses these powers to copy these other villains these other characters I should say he kind of loses his memory again so it's like a catch right. 22 he can't he can't do it all and like memorize it all 
And so it's now when the uh, Avengers reach the base, so Taskmaster has to like flee. He runs away and he's leaving uh, Mercedes behind. He kind of just slowly walks away, stoically away from Mercedes. And Mercedes, she's gone too. By the time Steve gets there, he just left. She just left a recorder saying like, um, "Well, it looks like Taskmaster got away again. Um, he forgot all his memory again. My name is Mercedes Merced. I am uh, her, his wife." And I will continue to guide him, to lead him towards a good path, to try and do good, even though he's mixed in with all the bad that he has to do. Uh, because that's that's her uh, husband, even though he kind of left her by injecting himself with this uh, serum. Mm -hmm. I won't do the same. Yeah, so it's weird because like he has like a short memory that he doesn't remember even being a hero, even though he is a hero, like he was working for S.H.I.E.L.D., his he his most like distant memory is that he's a villain, so he just believes that he's a villain. So that's why he he just continues on being a bad guy. He doesn't even remember that he was a good guy. So it turns out, um, as Tony kind of goes about the, the the city again, he picks up the phone and talks to the hub, and it's realized that the hub is actually Mercedes the whole time. She's the one right. always calling Taskmaster, explaining what mission to do, but never tells him because he's just gonna forget. She's always watched him. She's always been like his handler and though like he injected himself with that serum and which means like he kind of like left her she would never leave him so she even gave up her career as a hero as a shield agent to just protect her husband taskmaster so uh i think this is a really cool book like i never knew taskmaster was like this kind of a character yeah it somewhat makes him out to be an anti-hero even though like in his heart he's not really a hero he doesn't feel that way it's almost like right um mercedes is the one influencing her uh, and I, you know, I, I didn't know he had this whole like amniotic uh, experience. Yeah, it's very much like Memento. Have you you've seen Memento, right? Yeah, I didn't I didn't like it that much. I can't keep track. <laughs> it is just like it where like uh, in this book he doesn't remember being a hero, so he just continues on being a villain, right? Yeah. Where in Memento he thinks he's a good guy. But he doesn't remember that he's already killed the bad guy, so he just keeps on killing other people. Oh, dang. Really? Okay. I need to watch that again. I forgot. That's the whole point of the movie. Like, I don't remember it. <laughs> the, you have short-term memory. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it's the same idea. I, I, okay. I think it's pretty good. I, I think this is better because it's a, a lot funnier too. It's almost like a Deadpool. Pretty funny. I think so. Uh, maybe they were, they just saw that the kind of similar aspects of that and, and brought in the comedy. I don't know if Taskmaster is that funny of a guy, but I, I found it interesting enough. You know, even like the ridiculousness of, of that little town and um, mm -hmm. all the different like henchmen, they kind of made out to be really dumb in this, which is pretty awesome. And like Mercedes, like for most of it, doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, and I, I really like like the when they were in Mexico and he had to be like in a band, it was like so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I really enjoyed it. I think I like Taskmaster like a whole lot more now. Yeah, you, you get to learn a bit about him. I thought you know they didn't use his to the full potential in Black Widow, so I want to learn a bit about him. And I'm glad we picked this one. Uh, yeah, that was the Taskmaster unthinkable trade. Uh, you, you want to get into our side stories? Sure, let's do it. All right, you know how I always jump into Walking Dead and it just never dies, this oh. TV show. It's just like a zombie. Actually, it just never dies. Uh, it turns out there's a season You're 11. still into it? Somewhat. Um, I mean, I'm not jumping back into it. There's a season, says season 11 trailer that just dropped. I'm not, I'm not talking about that today. I'm actually talking about a different zombie TV show. It's called Black Summer on Netflix that I've been watching. Have you ever heard of it? Have you seen it on the Netflix mm. home screen at all? No. 
I never heard of this. Um, yeah, not, not at all. It's like zero. It's actually a prequel to a different TV show called Z Nation on Netflix, and that is just a parody of The Walking Dead. Uh, from a couple years oh back, God. but Black Summer—it's a prequel, but it's actually taken seriously. It's not a comedy. This is at like all. a new variant of it. Exactly, pretty much like a—it's um, a prequel that takes place at the start of a zombie, you know, apocalypse. Like just kind of just like The Walking Dead. Uh, but no jokes at all and I think it's pretty well done like there's only eight episodes per season there's two of them out already I've watched both of them I kind of binge them to be honest and what's the like what are the biggest complaints about The Walking Dead the the main show uh nothing happens okay yeah <laughs> nothing does happen this probably nothing happens too but also but actually <laughs> too much happens in The Walking Dead because it's just you actually get into the drama of the people and it just it gets stretched out so long they're at the farm for so long, right? They're at the prison for so long. Yeah, nothing happens. Um, and this takes all the best parts of that show and narrows it down into just a couple episodes because I feel like the whole show is just the action of Walking Dead. Mm, okay. okay. Now, now I got so you So is the production level the same? I would say no, not the same. Like the zombies are not as gory looking, but the zombies are not slow. They're not walkers. They're, they run as fast as humans and they'll hunt you and like eat you down down right they'll i think they can not just look at you and see you but they'll smell you and go for you and it looks like they're like all out sprints these scenes of them following the the crew that are being hunted down right like they're actually full out sprints and there's a lot the whole show is shaky cam oh i don't know about that it's fine i i I really like it it's not hard to watch no not really there's a lot of uh they use it to their advantage where they'll kind of whip to a different part of the scene and you know it's obviously the cut from when they filmed it right but they used to advantage just to make it a, a good actually action scene of someone trying to run away because a lot of it is running away from the zombies it's not them outsmarting them like they do in the walking dead where it's kind of unreasonable how good they are at killing these things and what's the setting what's the setting is it like rural atlanta or is it like in the city somewhere i think um it looks like rural areas but the end of the season they're trying to get to downtown because the whole the first season they're trying to get to the stadium that's supposed to be the safe place in the middle of downtown but that's where all like the zombies are kind of congregated where we're in the rural areas there's like you see like one in every town and then they just multiply when it gets down and dirty and they start to like eat each other and they the zombies they turn right away like once they die they're, they're dead they kind of just stand up again and turn to zombies that's kind of a, a good thing for the storytelling aspect um, um yeah uh, is are, do they have like a base that they have to like fortify and build uh, like beds and kitchens and and carry rucksacks no no what are you alluding to (laughs) sounds like a video game yeah yeah uh well, with these, it's actually kind of the same thing with The Walking Dead, where this like random ragtag group of people find each other towards the middle of the season, and then they have to just work together, even though they don't like each other, to get to the stadium and try and survive, and they don't all make it, believe it or not. Okay, so you said there's two seasons of this? Yeah. And there's what, like 10 seasons of Walking Dead already? Right, we're getting into season 11. Okay, so two versus 10, complete all what they have to offer. Which one's better? Oh. Um. Well, I mean, like, 
season, like like Black Summer, you can watch in like afternoon almost. It's really short. Uh, like the episodes range from half an hour to forty five. They're different things. They're different things. Oh my god, completely okay. different. I'm gonna watch neither. I I bet you aren't. Uh, but I I kind of like Black Summer because it is just high intense city adrenaline, heart pumping. Uh, um, some people don't make it, believe it or not, and I don't know. Uh, it keeps it keeps running, just keeps going in until you get to the, the the end point, and a lot of them are idiots too, like like The Walking Dead. So I'm happy they kept that aspect because you know you're like you're just yelling at the screen, like why'd you do that? Obviously, it's it's a horror thing. But uh, Black Summer, I would recommend it if you don't really care about character development because we get none of that. <laughs> So you said it's a prequel to Z Nation? Yes. I've never watched a single episode or minute of that. Okay. I was going to ask you if you've seen that. Not at all. Uh, but it warranted a prequel. I think maybe the, like, the show creators learned how to do zombie stuff, making this parody thing. They're like, let's take it seriously this time. And it has a lot of you know similarities to Walking Dead, but the the uh, heart pumping stuff is fun. Okay. All right. I, I don't know if I'll watch it. That's I, fine. I think it's, Walking I, Dead put a sour taste in, in zombies for me <laughs> in dead things living black summer is, zombies is more my type of thing anyways yeah I, I i don't think i'm into zombies anymore it just seems unrealistic uh i only yes. like realism and things that are true and could happen so i watched the tomorrow war starring chris pratt oh boy chris pratt. <laughs> i only like things that are feasible like actually could happen so yeah based in science based in science um, in this movie, um, I guess there's an invasion. In the, I don't want to spoil too much. There's an invasion. I, I like watched half year. an hour of it already. Okay, so you 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 like it? I I stopped watching it. <laughs> <laughs> There's an invasion in the future. I think it's like 50 years in the future, right? All right. Of alien monsters, right? And they're hard to kill. They've, I think they've killed, said something like they killed like 90% of the world already in the future. So the people in the future have to travel back in time and recruit people from current time to help them fight. Because they're like, if you don't help us fight, all your kids that you have now are just going to die anyway. 30 years from now, though. Yes. So you either help us fight or the world is going to end in... in whatever in the future so they get recruited and then they like travel through time and the way they do it is like they only travel through time for like a week and then they fight and then they come back but um, they have to recruit just random people. Like like Chris Pratt is like a teacher, right? Yes, right. And some of the other people are just like whatever, salesmen or not military people. They have to just recruit anybody. And uh, they go and then they fight in the future and then they come back uh, if you can survive. Um, the monsters in the future look pretty cool. Okay. Uh, I didn't even get to the monster point of it. I was already too ridiculous to me. I, I kind of gave up. Wow. Uh, they are in the vein of like how the creature looks. I would say like Cloverfield, but they're smaller, right? They're they're obviously like, but they're yeah, they're like the size of like a car, not a skyscraper. Okay, okay, yeah. So it's a dumb action movie, sci-fi action movie. Um, does it have flaws? You betcha, a lot. Is it the acting good? It's not the best. I've seen better. Uh, does is the ending good? It it is what it is. It's not, I don't know if it's the ending you want, (laughs) but is it a good time? Uh, depends. You might have something better to do. (laughs) (laughs) Let me know. Should I watch it? Should you watch it? Should you like, like, do you like Chris Pratt? Yeah, but probably for other (laughs) stuff, not for this movie. Like, you just watch Parks and Rec some more. (laughs) It's Parks and Rec with Um, aliens. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. You remember the season where Parks and Rec jumped into the future? It's like that. Awesome. Okay, my favorite season. Um, it's kind of like Alien versus Predator, yeah. almost. Uh, it seems like a lot of things mashed together. Maybe like a... It, you know what I was calling it when I was watching it? I was calling it Reverse Terminator. Oh. Because instead of the villain going to the past to kill the hero, the hero has to go to the future to kill the villain. Right. Okay. Doesn't each time they pull somebody totally switch up the future though? Or does it just not matter because the aliens... No, there's a there's a re- there's a way they get away with it. And I'll say like their time travel reasoning, I almost like it better than like, Endgame's reasoning. Wow. What the hell? Okay. It actually, like, to me, it makes more sense than Endgame's reasoning. Because Endgame's time travel is like, just don't ask kind of thing, right? It was just like, remember those movies? It's like the Spider-Man thing, where it's like, remember these old movies? Yeah. That explains it all. Right, kind of. But this one, there, there's like a, uh, I don't know, like a, a writer's device, a reason why it could work. Just maybe. Without, without altering. Because, like, you're altering the future. Future. You're not altering the past, which would alter the future. You know what I mean? But you're you know altering I mean? the past because the the guy's not there anymore. What? No, but he goes back to where he just left. So it's like he's never left. Some of them don't go back, right? Okay, but there's a there's there's a reason why that's okay. <laughs> okay, I'll wait for uh, maybe maybe you've caught me on with this point. Then maybe that's enough for me to return and watch the uh, other hour of it. <laughs> Wasted. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, do you remember the movie uh, Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah, I was going to bring that up because I thought like the aliens in that did kind of look like these aliens. I've seen pictures of them online. Um, if you like Edge of Tomorrow, just just watch that again. It's probably better. Oh, man. Dang it. Okay. I love Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> that's when I fell in love you with You love Emily. Edge of Tomorrow? I, I, that's when I fell in love with Emily Blunt. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, it, I, I'd say it's worth watching if you've already seen the first half an hour. <laughs> so just finish Really? It. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. All yeah. right. I'll watch. It. I'll leave. I'll leave it in the background. Yeah. I'll have to like probably rewind because I'm not paying attention. All right. You have to pay attention. I have to. It's an obligation. It's homework. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you won't know what's going on because they don't really explain. <laughs> uh, uh, do, uh, okay. Honestly, do you like Chris Pratt still? Do you think he's still? Cause he, it's he's not like the funny Chris Pratt in this. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. I mean, even in his Jurassic World thing, he's got some quips in there. I don't know if they make me like him, uh, like the Parks and Rec stuff, mm. but he's still Star-Lord and love for that. Is he settling for this? Yeah. With this movie, it feels like he's settling and he needs, not needs a check, but he's just doing something. Uh, no, I think it's just like he thought maybe this is going to be a better movie. Oh, um, okay. I think he was primed to be like the next action star of Hollywood, but that didn't work out with some of... Hollywood's choices uh, and I don't know like he was supposed to be the next guy and it just didn't happen I think um, that movie with Jennifer Lawrence where they're on a spaceship together I think oh, that yeah. kind of derailed his career and oh, uh, always, now he's doing this movie always her she's just ruining careers left and right <laughs> So, so like, does those those movies that Chris Pratt did? They they didn't make movies like Jurassic World, both of them, I think. So, I, yeah, I think maybe it's just he's not a critic, darling, but he's still doing these action movies because he can. Yeah, I think he has lulls, and and then when he does have a hit, it's like a, a good movie, like like the Guardians and um, the Jurassic World movies. I really like those. So, I, I still really like Chris Pratt, and I hope he gets more roles. And uh, I just think like, he needs maybe stick to like funny roles, like. 
action but funny yeah you know I mean? yeah maybe Stick even to what you're good at okay <laughs> stay in your corner chris pratt like maybe do a straight up comedy here and there because he has definitely has the chops for it he mm-hmm. can, why not maybe just get fat again that too that's probably way easier <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that's all I have for this week. Um, I- I'd say watch it. There's, there's, you have Amazon. Everyone has Amazon Prime. Just watch it. All right. While you said watch it, you were shaking your head no, but all right. I believe you. No, I was, I was looking at my reflection, so I won't watch it again. Don't watch it. So future Chris. I don't convince myself to watch it again. I'm going to travel into the future. I'm going to go years. back in time. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go back in time and warn myself not to watch it. <laughs> Oh man, we made the exact same joke at the same time. There's a movie in the future. I gotta go back. There's a movie in the future. Don't watch it. <laughs> Be warned. All right, uh, guys, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. That way, will be in your podcast feed every week. And as soon as Marvel's What If series debuts, we'll be doing the recap show once again. So definitely don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app. Yes, and uh, do your future kids a favor and follow us on all our social medias at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find us at the Reader Copy Podcast. I bet Tomorrow War is better than Z Nation. Yeah, boy, Z, yeah. Black Summer is the show that I, I liked, not Z Nation. Well, I know. I, I don't know if it's better than that. That's why I didn't say <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Daniel, do you want to hit him with the outro? If you like what we had to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. See you guys. Later days. <laughs> Break it, break it, break it,